March 9th. And now, as we turn our attention to the reading of the New Testament, our narrative today will come from the book of Mark, chapter 14, verses 22 through 52. This chapter is all about preparation. We have already read about the preparation for betrayal. We've read about preparation for burial and preparation for fellowship. Today, we'll read about preparation for danger and preparation for death. First, with regard to danger, the good fellowship in the upper room made the twelve forget the danger outside. So, Jesus gave them a warning. Peter was not the only one who boasted and felt self-confident. And they all said, likewise, it says here in verse 31. So heed his warnings, he knows what's coming. And then uh, in regard to our preparation for death, Jesus' prayers reveal the conflict in his holy soul as he faced bearing the sins of the world on the cross. You see, when you have a Gethsemane experience, pray what he prayed. And that was, not what I will, but what you will. Peter had a sword, but Jesus took a cup. You need not fear the cup the Father has prepared for you. Jesus could submit to the abuse of men because he had already submitted to the will of God. And with that, let's begin our reading today here in the New Testament. The book of Mark, chapter 14, verses 22 through 52. As they, the disciples, were eating, Jesus took a loaf of bread and asked God's blessing on it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples, saying, Take it, for this is my body. And he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. He gave it to them, and they all drank from it. And he said to them, This is my blood poured out for many, sealing the covenant between God and His people. I solemnly declare that I will not drink wine again until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. Then they sang a hymn and went on to the Mount of Olives. All of you will desert me, Jesus told them, for the scriptures say, God will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I am raised from the dead, I will go ahead of you to Galilee and meet you there. Peter said to him, Even if everyone else deserts you, I never will. Peter, Jesus replied, The truth is, this very night, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. No, Peter insisted, not even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. And all the others vowed the same. And they came to an olive grove called Gethsemane, and Jesus said, Sit here while I go and pray. He took Peter, James, and John with him, and he began to be filled with horror and deep distress. He told them, My soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and watch with me. He went on a little farther and fell face down on the ground. He prayed that if it were possible— the awful hour awaiting him might pass him by. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will, not mine. Then he returned and found the disciples asleep, 
Simon, he said to Peter, are you asleep? Couldn't you stay awake and watch with me even one hour? Keep alert and pray. Otherwise, temptation will overpower you. For though the spirit is willing enough, the body is weak. Then Jesus left them again and prayed, repeating his pleadings. Again he returned to them and found them sleeping, for they just couldn't keep their eyes open, and they didn't know what to say. When he returned to them the third time, he said, Still sleeping? Still resting? Enough! The time has come. I, the Son of Man, am betrayed into the hands of sinners. Up! Let's be going! See? My betrayer is here. And immediately as he said this, Judas, one of the twelve disciples, arrived with a mob that was armed with swords and clubs. They had been sent out by the leading priests, the teachers of religious law, and the other leaders. Judas had given them a prearranged signal. You will know which one to arrest when I go over and give him the kiss of greeting. Then you can take him away under guard. As soon as they arrived, Judas walked up to Jesus. Teacher, he exclaimed, and gave him the kiss. And then the others grabbed Jesus and arrested him. But someone pulled out a sword and slashed off an ear of the high priest's servant. Jesus asked them, Am I some dangerous criminal that you come armed with swords and clubs to arrest me? Why didn't you arrest me in the temple? I was there teaching every day. But these things are happening to fulfill what the Scriptures say about me. Meanwhile, all his disciples deserted him and ran away. There was a young man following along behind, clothed only in a linen nightshirt. When the mob tried to grab him, they tore off his clothes, but he escaped and ran away naked. Hear this, an almighty, all-knowing, all-powerful God is sitting in heaven waiting to hear from you. David says that he has his hand his hand cupped behind his ear, listening for his children to ask him for great and mighty things that we know not. He's listening for us to pull down the strongholds of addictions that enslave our families, to pull down the strongholds of abortion and pornography, to pull down the demonic forces that are destroying the government of the United States. So what does he hear from our lips? Oh God, watch over the parakeet and water the grass. Let me tell you something. When you walk through these doors and you lift your hands to pray, I want you to remember that you are talking to almighty, all-knowing, all-powerful God, the creator of heaven and earth. The blast of his nostrils can split the cedars of Lebanon. He holds the seven seas in the palms of his hand. He weighs the mountains in a scale and the hills in the balance. You can ask him for things so staggering, so big, that God slides out of his chair and sits on the air and says to the angels, did you hear what he said? 
asking, asking, asking for things that are impossible because with God nothing is impossible. Ask Him to defeat the giants in your life because our God is a giant killer. Ask Him to divide the sea before you and to bury Pharaoh and watch Him turn your enemies into fish food. Ask Him. Ask Him to send fire from heaven as He did for Elijah and He will. Ask Him to walk with you in the fire of the fiery furnace and be the fourth man in the fire and He will. He said you will walk through the fire and the fire will not burn you. You will walk through the water and the water will not drown you. Ask Him. He's the God who cannot fail. He's waiting to show you great and mighty things. Ask Him. Pray. 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 God in heaven wants you to have that power. You are made in the image of God. God is not a statue. He speaks. He thinks. He talks. He feels our infirmities. He answers our prayer. He's alive. He's Jehovah Shammah, the God who is there. He's Jehovah Nissi, the Lord who is our banner. He's Jehovah Shalom, the God our peace. Pray, pray, pray. God is in heaven saying, what do you need? Do you need healing? Ask in faith, believe it, and I will give it. Do you need supernatural wisdom to make a tough decision? Ask of me, and I will lead you in paths of righteousness for your name's sake. Do you need peace that surpasses understanding? Ask, 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 for nothing is impossible to those that believe. No good thing will he withhold from those that diligently seeking. Do you need the impossible? Then open your mouth. Open your mouth in faith, believing. You're not talking to the president of the United States. You're not talking to Bill Gates. Both of them together can't control their next breath. You're talking to the creator of heaven and earth. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He uses gold for asphalt on the streets of heaven. He moves mountains. He divides seas. He'll give you wells you didn't dig, vineyards you didn't plant, houses you didn't build. He will make you the head and not the tail because nothing, nothing, nothing is impossible to you. Psalm 52, verses 1 through 9. Doeg was an evil man who curried favor with King Saul by spying on David. When David learned what Doeg had done, he turned to God for help. For God is the only one who can justly deal with our enemies. You know, the tongue can be a force for good or evil. Doeg's tongue was boastful, deceitful, and destructive like a sharp razor. David focused on the goodness of God, not the badness of men, because he knew that God's justice would ultimately prevail. Doag looked like a strong, luxuriant tree, but he would be rooted up, while David would be fresh and fruitful. God protected David's name because David trusted God's name. Rewind. God protected David's name because David trusted God's name. More people call their sons David than Doeg. Have you noticed? Psalm 52, verses 1 through 9. For the choir director, a psalm of David, regarding the time Doeg the Edomite told Saul that Ahimelech had given refuge to David. You call yourself a hero, do you? Why boast about this crime of yours, you who have disgraced God's people? All day long you plot destruction. Your tongue cuts like a sharp razor. You're an expert at telling lies. You love evil more than good, 
and lies more than truth. You love to say things that harm others, you liar, but God will strike you down once and for all. He will pull you from your home and drag you from the land of the living. The righteous will see it and be amazed. They will laugh and say, Look what happens to mighty warriors who do not trust in God. They trust their wealth instead and grow more and more bold in their wickedness. But I am like an olive tree, thriving in the house of God. I trust in God's unfailing love forever and ever. I will praise you forever, O God, for what you have done. I will wait for your mercies in the presence of your people. Proverbs chapter 11 verses 1 through 3 The Lord hates cheating, but He delights in honesty. Pride leads to disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. Good people are guided by their honesty. Treacherous people are destroyed by their dishonesty.